Welcome, welcome everyone to After Awakening. It's our first episode in a long time, and we're here with a meditation teacher, Vedanta teacher, Morgan Smith. Morgan, how's it going? I'm good. I'm a little under the weather, as I was telling you before, but uh, overall, um, emotional, emotional and uh, mental, I'm great. Perfect. Well, well, thanks for, for coming on anyways, uh, despite you know, feeling under the weather. Um, you and I met on Clubhouse. I think the first time I uh, had you come into a room or saw you in a room was probably, you know, eight months ago. Well, and there are some, mm-hmm. yeah, there are some things that, that you've said that I found very compelling. You know, you've uh, delineated the differences between waking up and growing up. And you've also had a very profound awakening yourself that happened, I believe, in, in 2019. So uh, just to let the viewers know, how did you get started on the path? Uh, this might be a long segment, right? Like what led up to your actual, right? What, what led up to your actual awakening and what the moment was like? So, yeah, well, even though I had the, the big blowout in 2019, I've had many prior to that. Uh, the one that happened in 2019 was the one that felt like um, uh, the search has ended. Um, but, I, but I've been having uh, non-dual experiences and um, uh, Turiya and Turiya Tita experiences at lower levels um, that were so profound since 2008. So uh, first time it happened was in 2008. Next time it happened was in, uh, I think it was 2010. It was 2010. And then it started happening consistently. Uh, through, throughout mm. that whole time period. And then uh, on, on December 14th of 2019, the thing that I have no words to describe, not that I can describe any of them, but uh, something, there was something that was different about that one because it was the full-blown um, experience where uh, I haven't had one since then. I've had many experiences since then, but not like that. So yeah, but um, my journey starts back in, uh, gosh, 2000 and four it's 2004 i think it was 2004 um my background i'm uh well i'll say first i'm uh, i'm grew up in a pentecostal church my father's a church minister so that was my life uh, from probably age three till about 18 uh 18 i left home and uh started to seek my own path but it was many years after that when i started to uh, uh do meditation and things of that sort so um so my background, uh, as again, Pentecostal Christian, uh, but when I left, I got into the music business. Uh, that didn't work out too well for me. Oh, well, it did on some level, but there was some bad contracts that were signed and I didn't know any better and got caught up in a bad deal and all that stuff pretty much crumbled. So I went into uh, stand-up comedy. So I became a stand-up comic and did a comedy for 12 years. Uh, during, during that time period, um, I had a popular TV show in Canada. Uh, uh, won awards, did all that stuff. Um, great experience, but of course, uh, something there wasn't fulfilling. There's was something there. I th- felt that at some point I hit a crossroads, uh, and um, I needed something more. So, I have a friend because uh, m- most of my friends are in the entertainment business and still are. Uh, she was telling me about um, hypnotherapy. Uh, she was um, she was going through the audition process. She was auditioning for a part or for a, a TV role or something like that, and she claimed that she used a um, she went to a psycho. She went to a um, hypnotherapist to um, to help her with um, uh, you know doing that, uh, getting be able to uh, accomplish doing the, the the audition. So I asked her about it, and I said, uh, 
you know what I want to do? I wonder if a hypnotherapist can help me with creativity because having a successful TV show for nine years out of the, out of the 12 years that I was doing stand up, um, it's running out of ideas and stuff like that. So there's always, you always have to uh, refresh and try to, you know, expose yourself to as much things as possible and try to, uh, um, come up with more ideas. And, and so after a while, it just got really difficult. So I decided to go to a hypnotherapist. And when I went to this hypnotherapist, um, they were using light and sound machines. So for those that don't know, light and sound machines, uh, it's based on binaural beat technology. So um, in the ear, you play the binaural tones and in the eyes, there's flashing lights. Uh, so they would use uh, these uh, machines to put people in, uh, in certain states of consciousness. So I was really intrigued by that. So when he would use this uh, um, device on me, uh, I realized that I was um, coming up with a lot of creative outbursts and things like that. It was amazing. Uh, I was able to write uh, new bits. I was able to even add new stuff to the bits that I was already doing. And I was able to elaborate and add to that. It was amazing. It was just, and then one day it just stopped. And I was like, oh gosh, what happened? Uh, you know, the creative juices has, has stopped flowing. I need more ideas. So I started looking into if there were other uh, types of binaural beat programs that I wasn't aware of. So eventually I found uh, a binaural beat program, which is called Holosync which is uh, produced by Center Point Research by the late Bill Harris. So I went online, I found this, I found the, the website and I read the information that was there, but the information that they put in there was like too good to be true. But I was intrigued enough to say, you know what, I'm gonna try this. Uh, it was a very, a pretty expensive program. So I decided to uh, order the, the, the sample that they were giving out free samples. So I ordered that. The sample came in, of course the sample is it's just selling you on the idea of what it is and you know, trying to get your money, that type of thing. So I, uh, I did the sample and, you know, nothing major happened, uh, but I, it was intrigued enough to order the actual program. So I ordered the program. Weeks later, it came in and I put on the, back then it was uh, CDs, of course, CDs and Walkmans and, and all that. So uh, I, I, I put in the, the CD in, in my Walkman and uh, started meditating. It's really simple to do. All you got to do is sit up with your, with your eyes closed. Uh, and um, let the binaural beat do its thing. And then when I was doing this, something started happening above my crown chakra. I felt this, this pulsing feeling, which I've never felt before with the light and sound machines. And I was like, whoa. So I said, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna continue with this. So I kept doing this thing every day. As I was doing this every day, all these weird things started happening. So um, one of the things that would happen, uh, every time I say it, I, I chuckle every time I say it, but, um, the one of the major things that happened is I woke up having a wet dream, which is weird. Uh, I just woke up, wet dream, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Uh, I didn't know much about the, about meditation yet and all the stuff that it can bring up. Out of your we call that we call that purification. Purification, exactly. That's right, purification. So um, that was the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened was um, I woke up one day, and for about a week, almost a week, I had I had um, the fear of the outdoors. I was just afraid to go outside. Yeah, it was crazy. But it was, but it also linked to my childhood. When I was a child, my father didn't allow us to go outside much because uh, my family, they're from Jamaica. And when they came here, uh, from, from their standpoint, everything was a threat to them. Mm. Uh, so he was always trying to protect his kids. Um, but he was very strict and he didn't really go about it the right way. But that was his way of, of, of trying to protect us. So we were always inside. And that always made, us, made me upset and my sisters because we weren't able to go outside and play with our friends and things of that nature. And also he wouldn't allow us to play with people that weren't part of our 
a Christian background. So <laughs> yeah, very biased uh, uh, on that level. Yeah. So I, I, I wake up one day, I have this phobia. I'm afraid to go outside. I can't even look out the window. And I was like, what? This is insane. This is insane. Uh, after a while that cleared up, came back to normal. But as a stand-up comic, I also had a fear of going on stage. So um, when that experience ended, experience ended, I had to do a, I had to do a show. And when I got to the show, I was afraid to do it. I was frightened, like scared shitless. I couldn't. Yeah, it was just. And I was like, "What's going on with me? Why?" Can't I, I can't, yeah. So all that type of stuff. So um, that cleared up eventually. Um, and then all these other weird, weird, weird things started happening. I'd wake up and I'd be in, in total bliss. Um, one time, I woke up. A lot of a lot of the um, the experiences would happen in my sleep as I wake up, which is was really weird. So one day I woke up and I was intoxicated and I don't drink. And for everyone that knows me, I don't drink alcohol. So I woke up and I was totally intoxicated. I was pissed drunk. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, this is incredible. I, yeah, so I just kept going with it. I just kept meditating, doing my hour every day. Never missed a day. I haven't missed a day till this day. I, I, of Holosync. Well, no, after a while I'll change, but I'll get to, I'll get to that. Um, but Holosync, I stopped at a certain point and I created my own, but I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, but I always, every single day, I would do a binaural beat program, which became my program that I started doing. Um, so all this weird, these weird things started happening. Uh, my show came to an end and um, I didn't have that desire to do any more stand-up or anything like that. So I pretty much just retired from the whole business. So even though at the time that wasn't the goal, I, I thought I was going to take a temporary leave. Yeah, I thought, I thought I was going to take a temporary leave. So I took two years off. And after when the two-year mark uh, came about, uh, I, I decided I was going to leave the whole business and get into something else. So I decided to go into nonprofit. So I get into the nonprofit uh, sector uh, where I became um, a youth worker, um, still meditating, do all that stuff. Um, and, but after a while, I decided I wanted to combine uh, Holosync with other, with other uh, practices. So I started doing, um, someone introduced me to a book and I started doing some sexual Qigong practices. It's like, it's like their um, uh, Qigong version of Tantric. Uh, so I, I started practicing that for just a number of few, a few weeks, still doing Holosync. And one day I go to sleep, I wake up and I'm having a full body orgasm from head to toe. Like absolute, the greatest sex I've ever had in my life with no partner whatsoever. Yeah. It was just absolutely mind blowing. And it lasted for four hours. Wow. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah. Full body orgasm from head to toe for four hours. Yeah the most mind-blowing body blowing um at that time experience of my life uh i remember i remember when the experience um when it, when it went away and i was just like oh my gosh that was insane um but it never happened again for a very long time um i kept on meditating kept doing meditation and then i said i'm gonna i want to combine meditation with entheogens um something just came to me it's like what if i did the two together what would happen so uh, I spoke to a friend of mine. He got me some some stuff, <laughs> and then I started experimenting. Started experimenting, and uh, I realized that when I did the the infusions along with the binaural beats, uh, along with Holosync, the experiences uh, enhanced. Uh, so I was blown away by these experiences. I kept doing that on and off for about maybe a, maybe two years or so, probably probably two years or so, and then in two thousand and eight, um, while I was meditating, um, I hit. Um, Scream entry. Mm. Yeah, but I didn't have that kind of information back then. I didn't. I didn't know anything about scream entry. I didn't know anything about 
um, spiritual enlightenment. I didn't know anything about it. None of those things I knew about. Uh, you, d- you also define this as Turiya, correct? Or is this different? I would, I would put in the category of Turiya, but because I had so many experiences after that, I would say it was more of a Godhead experience. Um, but the closest I could put it is to is to Turiya. So yeah, so that, that, that's what I, yeah, I put it in that, in that category. Um, that experience alone just changed my life. Right. When that, when that took place, that, that alone, even if that, if nothing ever happened after that, I was good. Um, I was just totally blown away what took place and, uh, I never experienced that before. And, but the problem was, um, I didn't know who to tell the, uh, tell this to. So I told, I waited about two weeks just to make sure I wasn't going crazy, just to make sure I wasn't going insane. And then after the two week mark, I went and told a coworker of mine of what took place. I knew he wouldn't judge me. So I told him and he was just like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can't even explain this experience, but I had an experience of being God, so, something like that. Um, I kept trying it and it never worked again. <laughs> I kept trying it. <laughs> I couldn't get back that experience. And then uh, two years went by. Um, but I, I should say, before I even get there, uh, what did happen after that experience, um, something, something changed. So my, my, my perspective changed on life. Uh, and that's when a lot of the insights started pouring out of my head. Uh, and I started writing these insights. And uh, first I was going around and uh, talking to students at uh, Catholic schools about this experience, but I, I, I act like it was, um, uh, that it was in the third person. So um, I never said it was me. I just said, uh, there, there's these experiences that take place that people can tap into uh, until I got comfortable with the idea. Uh, as time went on, um, as time went on, uh, the insights were, were pouring in. Uh, my, my view on life changed. I couldn't, I, I was, it was easy for me to see how everything was um, the same thing. Um, you know, everything was non-dual, even though I've never heard the word non-dual at that point. All that stuff became easy. And that happened within just that one session. Um, but of course, just like with everything else, uh, <laughs> dark, night, dark night of the soul took place. I wasn't ready for that. So, uh, so I'm, I'm still doing this meditation, doing Holosync. And at this point, I started to create my own version. So I went and took lessons with um, a number of people and uh, started to learn how to make these binaural beats on my own. And, uh, but I want mine to be slightly different than Holosync. I didn't want to, of course, I didn't want to do the same thing because Bill Harris had his thing. So I wanted to come up with something that I could do. So one time I was introduced to a mathematician by the name of Marco Roden. And Marco Roden is like, a, he's a mystical mathematician. And his claim was uh, that the universe has an algorithm and the algorithm is one two four eight seven five. Uh, so one two four eight seven five. The middle algorithm is six nine three three nine six, and the um, and the ending al- algorithm is uh, five seven eight four two one. Uh, if you know, if you learn, if you figure out how to use that algorithm, regardless if it's making computers, binaural, uh, binaural, um, binary code, uh, transformers like for for computers, uh, his claim was that you could uh, use this math for anything if you can figure out how to use it. So. It took me about two years to figure it out. How do I could apply it to binaural beats? And I used the information that I had about Holosync in terms of um, uh, bringing uh, brainwave frequencies from uh, from beta, alpha, theta, delta, epsilon, and so on, and uh, and also the carrier frequencies. Because what makes Holosync powerful is is they uh, they tap into these carrier frequencies. So the lower the carrier frequency, the stronger the the, um, the sounds. So there's a, there's a bit of math that you have to learn in um, sound physics that you have to learn to put it together successfully. So I did that. Um, 
to your to your mark. I figured out how to do that, and I put together my first version. Um, at the time, I think I called it um, neural neural funk or something like that. Uh, eventually, it became Holosync. I mean, eventually it became Energy. Um, that, that's what it became. Uh, but at that time, I was calling it that. Um, so I'm doing I'm, I'm doing my version of this thing now, and um, I'm going through I'm going through physical pain. Sometimes that would come up where. Uh, and this was happening from almost the beginning where I would get these pains in my kidneys. And uh, I, I called up um, Center Point Research to find out what was going on. And they, and they uh, said that because of your pur purification, the kidneys represent shame towards your father or something like that. So I started looking into that to see, because um, I, did, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. So I started looking into trying to see if I could do some healing in that regard. Uh, this pain would happen on and off for years. Uh, yeah, but I'll probably get into that. And it still happens now. Uh, even though the last time it happened, it was seven years ago. And just recently in the last um, two months, it started happening again, but in my opposite, in my other kidney, not in the, not in my left kidney, but my right kidney. So it's very interesting how, how that works. And um, of course I've gone to doctors for the last uh, 18 years and no one can figure out what it is. They said, there's nothing wrong with your kidneys nothing you have perfect kidneys there's nothing wrong with you or whatever i'm like i keep getting these pains uh, so um I, I started looking into uh, what they talk called uh, kundalini syndromes and yes uh, yeah, and that uh, explained uh, at least based on my belief system explained to what that could be uh, but the whole um dark night of the souls thing started happening oh uh, wait, wait wait let me let me dial back because we're getting into the dark night but i want to i want to touch on the the stream entry point so okay. when you entered the stream and actually uh had this irreversible um shift you you also said you tried to get back there but couldn't what happened in that specific moment oh in the moment of stream entry yeah how do i explain that best way i can describe that because it's hard i can't even put it in words um at that time anyway uh, it felt like everything became everything. Mm. Yeah. So everything just became everything. I was, I was the plants. I was the, I was every, uh, life form, uh, every, like every insect, every microscopic, uh, creature. I was the earth itself. I was, I was the, the galaxy. I was every, that was everything. Um, that, that, yeah, that was absolutely mind blowing. Um, I, re I remember in that moment saying, oh gosh, uh, I am it or something like that. Um, but it's really hard to explain because it's um, how would I? That's yeah, very. It's extremely difficult. <laughs> Be, being being the difficult. Yeah. Being the Godhead. Yeah, it's it's uh, past, present, and future. Everything happened within that space. Hmm. Um, not realizing that an experience like that can actually that, that is infinite. That it can keep going on and on and on and on and on. Because at that at that time period it was so magnificent and everything, I didn't think that anything could be beyond that. But as time went on, it went even past that. Yeah. So, but at that time, that's what it was. But it, it, it was so profound that um, I gave up meat. Um, but yeah, that's what happened. Uh, I gave up meat. I became a vegetarian when that happened, and uh, it's, it's still one to this day. I, I became vegan eventually, but um, that took place after that experience. I couldn't eat meat anymore. Hmm. And, and did this happen in meditation or just spontaneously? The the feeling of not having meat? No, the street, the entering the stream of enlightenment. Um, 
that that happened with a combination of of Holosync, the first one in 2000 and in 2008 with uh, psilocybin. So that, that's what happened in, in that experience. Um, but I can tell you this, because I'm trying to remember. I remember sitting there doing Holosync and it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't advancing. I wasn't moving up the different stages. I, I wasn't moving up. All these, uh, I would have all these experience of like um, multi-dimensional uh, type beings and reptilians and all this stuff would pop in, into my vision. And I, and I would say, I'm not impressed. I want more, I want more, I want more. I remember doing that, I want more. And then the meditation stopped, it, the hour was over and nothing happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like, oh, all that worked for nothing. And as soon as I said that, boom, it happened. Yeah. And, and when that, that uh, I am everything awakening happened, how long did that last? And at what point did your, what, at what point did Morgan come back to the forefront of consciousness if Morgan returned to the forefront of consciousness? Like three hours later. Wow. Yeah. Well, three hours later. Yeah. Yeah. Three hours of infinity. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one of the things that you and I were discussing is that um, when I survey a lot of the practitioners that I know and teachers that, that I've known over, over the years, these types of really big uh, openings happen after the 10 year mark. So when did this happen to you in relation to when you actually began? Because I think this is good to help people understand, like mm. not have unrealistic expectation, expectations. People start meditating and like they want this within like three months. <laughs> Very unlikely. <laughs> um, it took five years for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, the five, the five year mark is when, it, is when that happened. And the second time it happened was at the seven year mark. And how old were you? Do you remember? 36. Wow. Yeah. So stream entry happens, you become the godhead, and then you enter the, the dark night. Can you talk about that? Well, the dark night happened some years later. So oh. it didn't, it, yeah, it didn't happen right away. Um, that took a while for that to happen. And when that started happening, um, that was very painful, uh, very mentally painful. Uh, things like um, um, anger would come up, of course, anger, shame, guilt. Uh, certain types of trauma that I wasn't aware of. So there was trauma mm -hmm. that I was aware of, but it, 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 was, uh, it, uh, it was deep rooted. And then there was other types of trauma that I wasn't even aware of at all. Um, and, and came to the realization that I was afraid of certain things that stopped me from um, uh, succeeding, uh, reaching certain goals and stuff like that. So a lot of that stuff would happen. Um, after that, and that happened for years. That's what that happened for you on and off for years. It's not like I was, constantly in, in, in these uh, states for, for long periods of time. It would happen you. for, yeah, it would happen for like a few hours here and then it would happen again months later and things of that sort. And then the dark night of the spirit thing happened where I was taking on the pain and suffering of everyone and everything. So that happened too. Um, as time went on, uh, when I had those experiences, because they would happen all the time. Uh, first, when I had these experiences, the dark night of the soul and dark night of the spirit, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't break into into uh um any any of these higher stakes i couldn't break but I, wow you know, it was like you got the you got the the power was, pulled from you yeah it's like here you uh, and you're like oh yeah it's uh, very very painful stuff uh, as, and then as time went on uh i was able to those experiences would happen and then i would break and 
yeah, and, and that paid off. So I had no problems of going through any of the dark nights um, as long as I had the break. And most of the times I would have the break. Because yeah. you'd have this, you'd have this, correct me if I'm wrong, there would be this dip where the dark night, the, the, the intensity of that, whatever it is that's coming up is there. And then as soon as it passes, there's, a, an, in, there's an increase, right? It goes back up. Was that how it was for you? Yeah, After you process? Something like that. It, it would dip and it, it would hit rock bottom, uh, like total, total rock bottom. Um, it was it was like experiencing a mental type hell. Of course, wow. not like a fire, brimstone, nothing, nothing like that. But this this emotional mental hell. I exp- in, the, in these realms, I even experienced um, uh, all types of mental uh, um, uh, uh, mental illness and things of that sort too. So all that stuff would come up. Um, I, it's it, this the stuff is very sensitive, so I got to be careful with. But got gotcha. you. Um, uh, everything would happen. So every negative thing that you can possibly think of would happen. So like torture would happen, um, rape would happen, uh, everything, everything. I could experience and feel uh, everyone that was going through something. So genocide, uh, rape, uh, uh, assassinations. I could experience um, the slaughtering of animals. I can experience that too. I can even experience uh, an ant being stepped on. I could feel that too. Uh, all, All these things happened. And it just kept going and going and going. Just very, very painful stuff. And then it's happened in meditation or outside of meditation too. Both. Right. Yeah, both. Uh, yeah. And then I'd come out of it and, and then it will go back up again. I'll break. And then it'll be like the most magnificent thing of my life <laughs> at that point. And uh, yeah, so all that type of stuff would happen. It happened over and over and over and over again throughout the years. When you mentioned Turiya and uh, Turiya Tita, can you define that? or help us understand what that means? Well, um, there, is, there is the states of consciousness. Uh, so there's, there's five states, is it five? Five states. So there's um, waking, like, you know, as you know, right now we're awake. There's, um, there's waking, there's sleeping or, or dreaming. So that's another state. So that's number two, state two. There's, um, there's uh, the dreamless sleep. Oh, so that's three. And then four is Turiya, and Turiya just means, um, uh, it, Turiya actually means fourth. So that's what Turiya actually means. It means fourth. And um, it, at Turiya, um, you can go into the state of being the divine witness. Yes. Yeah, so of watching the manifestation of everything that's arising. So and this is considered Turiya. Atman, right? Yeah, you can say it's Atman. Yeah, yeah, yeah Atman. And then, uh, and then after that, there, the fifth state is Teriyatita, which is the, the absolute non-dual state. And then Tiryatita has different levels. Yeah, Tiryatita is classified as Brahman, correct? And then, for example, Nirvikalpa Samadhi is within there? Yeah, Nirvikalpa Samadhi um, is all in there. And in Turiya, um, at Turiya, what was I going to say about Turiya? The lower levels of Samadhi are, are in there, and, and so on and so on, yeah. That's what I thought. But Turiya also has levels too, so just different levels of Turiya. That's why I hesitated earlier when we talked about stream entry, when you asked me about, was I in Turiya? And it, I, I think about it, I'm like, gosh, was I? <laughs> because it's, mm. um, there's different levels of it. So after a while, it, it kind of like outdoes the other one and then it just keeps going up. So after a while, I was like, well, yeah, it's like, well, I think it was Turiya. But uh, when you hit higher levels Turiya, then you should say, oh, that's Turiya. And then you go in again, you're like, oh, that's Turiya. And so on and so on and so on. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So this uh, initial becoming the Godhead happens. And I think you said 2009, right? uh, uh 2000, 2008 
2008. Okay. So then you, you start cycling through uh, the dark night processing. Um, were there any notable things or notable, really notable awakenings that, that stood out between 2008 and 2019? Cause this is an 11 year, about 11 year, 12 year cycle here between the first awakening and the most profound one that you ever had. Uh, what would you say was in between that, that really sticks out? They all do. <laughs> how, how many were there? You know, were there like 10 pivotal moments? Three? No, probably like 50, uh, 55. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they were all just absolutely profound. Oh, yeah. yeah. And these were different. These were different samadhis or different insights. How do you classify all of these? Some of them were the same uh, at the level of samadhi, um, but I'm not well versed in, in all the different uh, labels of samadhi. Sure. Uh, so, but yeah, there, there's different levels of that, um, of, of samadhi. Um, some of them, some of them, like at the level of Turiya, uh, some things were seen where you can, uh, you'd actually see the divine or see something that's divine. Uh, and then after when you get into Turiya or Turiya Tita, I should say, you don't see anything. There's nothing to see. So there's like a big bright light, uh, like a th like you know I don't know like many like thousands of suns. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Oh, ocean of yeah. ocean of ten billion suns, infinite light, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like an ocean type. It's like a dry ocean because it doesn't, it's not wet. <laughs> it's like this dry <laughs> ocean, and then you become the ocean. First you're swimming in it, and then your ego just shatters within. Um, it just dissolves in the ocean, and then you realize you're the actual ocean. Right. Yeah. And then, it, and then at that level of Tria Tita, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. From there. Yeah. But at this point, um, I'm also doing other things where I'm doing yoga. Uh, I, I, I did some training with, um, with yoga teacher, Krishna Kerr. Um, so I was doing all that yoga. I was doing neurofeedback training. I was doing the entheogens. I was um, doing energy meditation at this point, uh, which I, yeah, which I always done. Um, and other practices too. Um, What's another thing I was doing? Uh, electro, um, electromagnetic um, pulsing. I did some of that oh, stuff. Right, for the brain? Uh, for the brain, but also for the body. So mm -hmm. like you, you can put them underneath your feet, under, under the sole of your feet, and it can uh, stimulate the, the meridians and stuff in your feet, uh, which allows you to um, clear out some of, the, um, some of the, the blockages as well, uh, but at different levels. There's so many different, there's so many different types of energy um, the programs that I made. So I made one, of course, that was that took you from alpha uh, from beta down to delta. I made ones that went down to epsilon. I made some that went up to gamma, hyper gamma, lambda. Uh, wow. I made some. I made some recently. I made some that goes down to that goes down to um, the default mode frequencies. So they discovered there's default mode frequencies as well, and below that there's iota frequencies. So yeah, so I experimented with all these different types of uh, um, uh, frequencies and stuff like that. Yeah. So in 2019, uh, you describe like the most profound experience you ever had. Uh, what was that? How was it different from the previous cycles of, of awakening? <laughs> the funny thing about that is anytime I tell this, anyone who I tell this to, they say, but Morgan, that sounds like the same. That sounds the same as all the other experiences that you had. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> but it's not, uh, it's just, I can't, I can't find the words. Um, but what happened, what happened in that experience? Um, 
I, I, I always tear up every time I try to tell the story because it's, it's, that's how profound it was. So I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> it's okay if you want to cry. I'm all for it. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. I bawled my eyes out telling the story at another, at another um, organization a few days ago. So wow. Like, yeah. And, and they were all touched and moved by it. But um, I'll try to uh, uh, see how I can. Um... So, and I wish I was feeling better so I can really get, get into this. But um, uh, it was, um, so past, present, future became one thing. Uh, past, present, future came one, became one thing. Time and space became one thing. Um, the Big Bang and all the Big Bangs prior to that became one thing. The destruction of the whole entire universe became the same thing as the birth of the universe. Uh, all, all planets, all solar systems, all galaxies, multiverses all became one thing. I, I was every birth and every death of anyone and everything that's ever lived. A tenth of a second is, was exactly the same as a trillion years. <laughs> uh, God and man totally the same, but of course, when I say God, I don't mean God in the in the traditional um, religious sense, of course. Uh, but it all became one thing. It was one of those, and I, I used the word experience, but it wasn't an experience because it was because my ego shattered. There was no Morgan left. Gone, nothing. Gone, 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 gone. Yet it was there from the sense that everyone's manifestation of ego was in this mix, in this in this bowl of soup, if you want to call it that. Um, everything, everything that I've ever known shattered. Everything. Uh, yeah, I just don't have the energy, but <laughs> um, it was. Gosh, I can't. It was non-dual, beyond non-dual, beyond non-dual. Uh, I understood in that moment when they say, when they, when they call it Brahan, uh, but this was Parabrahan, or what they say in English, Parabrahma. Um, right. It, it was at that level, but at the same time, it was also a no-self. Uh, so both became one thing. Uh, it was beyond non-dual, yet it was non-dual. Um, everything was in it when it was within it. Taria, everything, the cycle of death and birth collapsed, um, and it was pure nirvana. It was, um, yeah, it was just, it was pure, pure nirvana, luksha, everything. I, 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 I was able to totally, fully escape the, the cycle of death and rebirth in that moment. It was one of those experiences that if you actually saw my physical body, I am having a full seizure in this moment. So a full seizure, uh, seizure is taking place. I'm falling apart. I can't control any of my limbs. I can't control any of my body parts, nothing. Everything just became this thing to the point where uh, I felt like I was a python snake. My whole entire body became like this snake-like thing. But it wasn't just my body, it was everything that was in the room. Everything became this thing. And then after, in that moment, in that moment, uh, 
the non-dual experience ended and it was just, like just pure Kundalini. So all my cells, all my molecules, all my atoms, all my, uh, all my um, particles and subatomic particles all blossomed and became these crystal-like flowers throughout every, every single part of me just opened up <laughs> on top of my head. And you know how we talk about the thousand petals. Uh, my experience wasn't a thousand petals. It was trillions and trillions and trillions of petals. They were just pouring out of my skull, just pouring. Just over and over and over and over again. I was crying. I was laughing. Um, I can't control any of my body movements. Everything just fell apart as I, yeah. What was the context of this? Just a random meditation? Uh, yeah, just a, just a, just doing my energy, just doing a, a random meditation, and one day it just broke. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, because I've had a similar. Uh, I had a near death experience when I was eighteen. I ate an ounce of a mushroom called Amanita muscaria, which oh, is a non, yeah, non hallucinogenic. So I thought I'd be okay. Um, but I wasn't, <laughs> so, but it was, it was similar to what, um, maybe I didn't, I didn't experience like the collapse of, of the three times past, present and future, or there was no visions. There was no visionary experience there. Yeah. Um, but there was this, uh, intense overcoming of, of really, it was like, like my nervous system was doused in gasoline and it was just lit on fire. And when I finally, when I finally was finished being burned alive, um, then I just vanished into this. It was like just becoming light. That's the only way I could describe it. You become infinity or you, you are infinity. Like everything that ever was, everything that is, everything that will ever happen, uh, that has happened. It's, it's all in that, in that, in that light. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think the, maybe the best description would be like, an ocean of 10 billion suns and that doesn't that doesn't do it justice but um <laughs> exactly right so what what happened to you after this because for me i've never i've never had an experience like that again um and it didn't and because it was a near-death experience and i was young i didn't have the years of cultivation behind me i woke up the next morning um having survived that as as the same person I, as i was before it mm. but um how did it change you what happened what was the aftermath of that well, prior to that actual experience, there were already changes that were happening because I had a number of those type of experiences, um, but not to, of course, not to that degree. Even though if you asked me about those experiences back then, I'd be like, that was the most profound ever. That was the most profound ever. That was the most profound ever. And then this happened. Uh, but for, for me, um, it, it's, it's, it, it's tricky because in some sense, you don't change. Uh, in, in some sense, you don't change. And in, others, in, in another sense, you do. So you can be walking around after the experience and nobody notices anything. But uh, people are, it, it looks like people are more drawn to you, but they're not noticing it. So they're more drawn to you. Um, there's a sense, there's a, a sense of attraction there or a level of charisma that's there that people pick up on. Um, I lost... Uh, I hope this is temporary, but I lost sexual desire. Yeah, that just vanished. <laughs> Since yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. But that was two years, two years ago. Um, two years, 
because uh, today's what the 17th yeah so yeah just a little over two years ago wow yeah, so since then yeah it, that just changed um uh the pandemic did nothing to me i, I was just like oh, okay <laughs> yeah i wasn't affected by it in any way um yeah which pisses some people off they're like how dare you how could you say such a thing i'm like but i i i, I don't feel um um moved by it in any way uh in a lot of cases i'm still the same uh but I, I i tapped into other things like doing more visual arts and stuff like that so i went yeah so i would do visual arts trying to uh trying to paint this picture of uh Tira Tita, um that type of stuff uh i went out and created a program for for young people for students so uh, I, I'm in partnership with a with a, with a school board, and um, they allowed me to uh, take their students and give them mindfulness uh, uh, meditation uh, with binaural beats. But it's um, a combination of uh, urban music because so, it's hard to get uh, young people to meditate. So I came right. up with an idea where I combined uh, urban music with um, binaural beats, and uh, they come and join with me and they meditate with me for a half hour. And uh, at this point, since that time period, I started it before that experience, but I started it um, with similar experiences like that. So uh, that, that was three years ago. Uh, and so I'm still doing this now. So at this point, I've worked with uh, almost 800 students who, uh, who met with me every week for six weeks, meditating for, for 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. So I did. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, I created programs for um, the nonprofit organization I work for. Uh, created it for the for the for the staff and for anyone in the community that wanted to do some form of mindfulness. So we did that. Uh, a number of things. Um, I'm a writer, so I'm always writing about the insights and things of that nature. Um, but what I learned in regards to Ken Wilber's work that those experiences are um, they're they're like state experiences, meaning that they're temporary. Right. Uh, and then there, and then you have to work on the psychological uh, part of it, which is um, the growth. So you have to you have to go. So it, no matter how big the experience is, uh, you come back to some degree, and, and you're yourself. Some things change, can change, um, but it's not like I never get angry anymore. I still get angry, but when I get angry, I become the witness. I become the watcher, watching myself going through the emotions of that. So I can be acting out whatever I'm doing. Um, I'm not affected by it, but I'm watching myself go through it. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for people to understand that. But um, I can be acting out, yelling, but something, uh, a part of me is watching it all go down, and I'm not mm -hmm. uh, attached to it. Uh, so it's not like anger goes away and things of that nature. Uh, all that stuff stays the same. Uh, so of course, what I mentioned uh, earlier about um, uh, the desire, uh, hopefully, it's temporary. I don't know, it doesn't always feel good <laughs> to have no desire. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it's been like that. Uh, for yeah, for about two years. So you you get t you're totally able to understand. Uh, I've written about wanting to want, <laughs> wanting to want, yeah, 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 and 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 missing missing having attachments for sure. Yeah, it's, that comes yeah that comes into your being where you're like, oh gosh, I actually missed that thing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird it's a weird feeling. At, at the same time, it's a very freeing experience. Mm, uh, absolutely. It's, where it's very yeah, it's like oh gosh, I kind of missed that, and then you keep going back and forth. I think. Uh, I'm just waiting to see how it all unfolds. Um, yeah. How was your um, your default state changed after the uh, after the blowout in 2019? 
Um, like, were you in permanent non-duality after that, basically? No, because if you if you if you stayed in a permanent non-duality state, you wouldn't be able to live. Right? You got to be able to you got to be able to pay your bills, um, you know, go to work and do all that stuff. So there's no way that you can be in a full non-dual state in your everyday life and continue that. But what does change though is your perspective on duality. That changes mm. when you look at duality. There's a non-dual uh, perspective on that, but you don't stay in a non-dual state because yeah, you can't you couldn't live that way. Well, I mean. By by non-dual, I don't mean the 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 blowout of of uh, not being able to function, but I just mean like for example the the loss of the sense of of separation or the loss of any sense of of duality. But that being continuous after the fact was that how how did that was did Morgan really come back to the forefront even after this total like shattering of the self, or was it like a whisper of Morgan that that returned? How was it afterwards? Morgan is Morgan. Morgan is back. Mm. Um, but my my center of gravity, I would say, is different. Yeah. So Morgan is fully there. Um, mm. I just look at things differently. So I guess you could say at the point at this point, um, I feel that I'm at the point I could actually sit down and and hang out with a clan member and not be moved by by his. Wow. Uh, is a uh, racial bigotry yeah uh, it, it, on some level i'd be affected by it morgan itself but there's a part of me that would i, I can be able to sit and reason with a person like that and it'd be nothing to me and i i, I would test this out because i work with a lot of um uh, i work with a lot of uh, people who have you know committed uh, certain types of crime and things of that nature so and i can sit there with people without uh, with very very little judgment amazing so, yeah that stuff has changed yeah Amazing. So from what you've studied from, from Ken Wilber um, and from your understanding of, of this whole thing, from this blowout that you had in, in 2019, would you consider that super mind? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, su- yeah. Yeah. Right. Super, super mind. Yes. So, 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 mind, super mind. Yeah. Yeah. so what's the difference between, you know, super mind as an experience and, um, for example, Nervi Kalpa Samadhi or an unfolding and awakening that that is more or less permanent you know like ramana or nisagardata they they talked about not being a person after the fact and continuously being in the presence of i mean ramana called it the self nisagardata kind of moved away from that but um what's your take on that after such a profound experience like this is there is there still greater unfolding to come to until like it's super mind all the time, even being embodied, or do you think that's kind of a myth? It, 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 uh, it keeps going. It definitely keeps unfolding. Um, but here's, here's the tricky part though. When they talk about um, it being a, a permanent state, I think, I think I could be speaking too, uh, too soon on this um, because I'm, I'm more unfolding is happening as we speak. Right. But I would say that when, when they say, uh, being in, the, in a permanent state, from what I take it, I can go into that state, not any time, but I, I can go in that state very often. So I, I will say it's permanent from that standpoint, as opposed to being in a permanent state of, of being. So I can, I can tap into that state. I can meditate and I can, I, I can easily go into these meditative states, not to the degree of the blowout, but um, I can go into these real deep uh, meditative states uh, that are pretty profound, but my ego is still there as I'm experiencing it. So it's not like it's a blowout where the ego shattered. 
Um, yeah. But after after that experience, um, for the next two years, uh, it's it's happening less frequently now. But for the for the for the next two years, I would I'd meditate and I'd have another um, uh, spiritual type experience um, within that hour. Some of them would only last a few seconds. Uh, some would last a minute. Um, but that minute could be very very profound. But nothing like an hour, nothing like that. So it'd be like a few seconds to a minute uh, that they would last. Um, but a lot of this stuff happens too. Uh, this didn't happen in 2019. It happened prior to. Um, but uh, there's more purification that's happening. So you, 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 can, you can develop like rashes and um, things of that nature in your skin and, and all that type of stuff. So all that stuff starts coming out of your system. And then you would have uh, these, uh, these uh, seizure type experiences. So I'd be laying in, in, in bed. And all of a sudden, my whole upper body just jerks up, like I'm doing a sit-up, but I real, like a jerk like that. Um, or sometimes it comes out like this type of thing. Um, I, I'll be walking, and my face will just do its own thing. So I'll be walking, and my face will just do this. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to stop it. I got to stop it. Come back down again. Um, yeah, a lot of weird things. Uh, I remember one time I was uh, walking to one of my schools, and uh, it happened. My face just lit up. just. And I had to hide it behind the vehicle to, and wait for it to, uh, uh, to, to, to calm down. And yeah, uh, like a lot of weird things like that would happen. Um, my arm would fly up on its own. So like I'd be walking, my arm would just fly up on its own. My leg would kick, uh, it would kick the thin air. Um, a lot of strange things like that. Um, my chest would, would beat on its own. So I'd be like, and my chest would just on its own without my, my doing. Things of that nature as your, as your body is purifying and um, dealing with the, the muscles and the, the neural connections in your brain and all that stuff as, as yeah, a lot of that stuff would happen. Not a lot of people talk about this. And I think the reason that this is my suspicion that not a lot of people talk about the physical transformations is because um, I've seen that physical transformations only with really happens only with really deep levels of awakening. Maybe it doesn't happen to everyone, yeah, yeah. but um, I've only heard it described like in these, in these more advanced stages. So how did you deal with some of the pains and um, aches in your body or physical transformations that were happening? What did you do to, to mitigate that discomfort and get the energy flowing smoothly? Well, I had a friend, I had a friend who gave me these herbs to help me with the, with the kidney uh, piece of it. So when she gave me these herbs seven years ago, I would take these herbs and I, I didn't experience um, that type of pain until recently. Um, but now when I take these herbs, because I, I still have them. I still have, have a bunch of them, uh, but it doesn't seem to work as, as much because now it's my other kidney that's being affected by it. So those pains are just oh, excruciating. To, yeah, that's just very, very painful. All the other stuff I can deal with. Uh, I have no problems with the, with, the, with the jerking and the seizures and all that stuff. I was, I was, because I already read about that stuff uh, prior to. So when it started happening, I was like, oh, that's what they were talking about in the, in the, in the, in the sacred text and things of that nature. But um, uh, it, only the pain that the, the kidney pain itself is, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't look forward to those at all. And how often does that, does that happen compared to seven years ago? Yeah. Now it's like, it happens like every two weeks. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Very painful stuff. So I got to see a, a urologist in, in January. Um, because every time I, they, they can't find anything, but, uh, we set up another appointment. They're going to check everything out again. And see what's going on what's going on there but yeah they're very, it's very very painful so um, weird you and i have a very similar background because um not only with the super mind and the clear light but i also had an issue with like a burning a burning pain that would appear right in between the uh 
the two kidneys along the spine yeah. and then a burning pain in the back of the solar plexus and this feeling of just really uncomfortable pressure like rolling through the kidneys and i had that for years oh, until yeah. yeah until i was able to meet a uh, a healer and um he at least got rid of the fiery pain that would that would just flare up at those two locations during meditation so after that never had that as an issue but there was still some pressure Ooh. still some discomfort but at least like the searing burning like that was gone after yeah. that so i was very fortunate oh interesting yeah that 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 sounds painful <laughs> It definitely sounds painful. Yeah, it was. It's 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 so wild. You know, I hear stories of um, people experiencing kundalini, uh, even even in in my classes, uh, a particular student where it was like he's described being punched in the gut, and then this actual serpent energy, like as thick as his wrist, starting to move through his body and and up to the crown, and it being a blissful experience. But following that were these really awful body pains and aches just all over the place. So um, I see it as purification. I I had to find someone to help me when I started going through that and you took some herbs. So I think that's a general recommendation. Did you, did you see an acupuncturist or explore Chinese medicine for that? Did all of that. Um, Yeah, exactly. um, I did, I did the acupuncture stuff, of course, uh, which helped a lot, helped with, um, with the heart racing and, and all that type of stuff. Uh, and I would go to uh, an acupuncturist in, in regards to my kidney. Uh, it's just now that it, it's been happening again, I haven't seen one. There is a guy who I went to see once. So something was wrong with my spleen one time. And uh, I went to this uh, this chi master. And uh, it, that was an ex- amazing experience within itself, where he would treat me by not even touching me. And then he would just pull his imaginary string and electricity would go through that part of my body. All right. So recently I said, oh, my gosh, why don't I just go back to Master Elite? So I called up... Um, his number, same number, because um, this was years ago. And, uh, but he's booked up till June. Jeez. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm on a waiting list waiting to see if he, he's able to see me before then. But um, I think he could fix it. Fantastic. Yeah. Until then, I'll probably just go to my acupuncture, acupuncturist friend. <laughs> treat it that way. Yeah, I have a lot of people in, who, are in acupuncture, who, are, who are acupuncturists and um, chiropractors and uh, 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 Reiki masters and, and all that too. A lot of people in my in my personal circle, so I, I'm, I'm gonna have to do some of that again, um, because now it's the other kidney. It's, um, the other the, the left one, which was happening for years, is fine. This is now it's the the right kidney. And it's moving into my inner part of my stomach too. I could uh, sometimes feel it like in, in the depths of my stomach somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I really want that to stop. So we'll see what happens. In uh, the Tibetan tradition, they have these practices with um with dream yoga oh yeah, yeah and and the attainment of of like the attainment level of that practice is the kind of super mind experience that that you were describing but having access to it anytime a, a person w- would fall asleep uh can you from the super mind blowout that you had can you really see a path from here to to that being something that happened every time you you close your eyes what, what do you mean exactly? Like every time you close your eyes to meditate, you <laughs> that that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, it 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 happens from time to time. Yeah, yeah, it happens from time to time. So the su- the super mind blowout that happened in two thousand nineteen. I mean, oh, sorry, what what about it? The the <laughs> the, the blowout in two thousand nineteen where 
you know, you were, you were totally lost motor function and yeah. it was the, the most profound experience of your life. Is there a path to having that all the time or anytime you close your eyes? I don't think, I don't think you'd want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I'm not looking forward to having as much as that was the most profound experience of my life. I'm not looking forward to having that again. <laughs> because of the consequences, like what it did to you afterwards. Oh no. It's um, in some, in, in some way, it's like the ego goes to a, a bit of trauma uh, going through that experience because there's an experience of pure ego death and the ego doesn't want to die. So to have that experience, uh, the idea when I think about it, it's on some level, as much as it makes me smile and does all those things, it also frightens me. Wow. Yeah. I, I know it will happen again, but I'm not looking forward. I'm not necessarily looking forward to that. Um, yeah. When that took place, my, my, it's like my dopamine, my dopamine uh, uh, levels switched. I, I don't seek out these big blowout experiences anymore. Well, that may be temporary too. I say this now, and then a year from now, I'll be like, ah, oh, I'm back at it again. Yeah, but I don't, uh, yeah, I'm not looking to have any more of those blowout experiences. It, it was so big. Uh, I think I'm good. Wow. I love how you say that. You you always preface like, oh, it may, my view on this may change within a year. I may not be saying yeah. saying the same thing. I said a lot of things where <laughs> time went by. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, I just end up contradicting myself. So like, <laughs> I thought you said, I'm like, yeah, but I'm always changing and growing and my opinions change and all that type of stuff. So I, I always have to keep that open. So I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I had to, I had to learn that. And I, and I see a lot of people learn it uh, over time. The uh, I call it the mistake of assuming finality. Like oh, have okay. it see it so often, you know, you have this like wild thing that happens or some very prominent prevalent non-duality happens. And you're just like, this is it. This is it. Total, total <laughs> assumption. How do we know it's it? We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it tricks you every time it's like no nope, that's not it and it just keeps going and going and going and going and to the point where i'm just like wow yeah but i'm at this point now where yeah i don't i don't uh i'm not, I'm not looking forward to another experience like that um I'm, I'm fine with the little tiny ones that pop up here and there uh but i but i still meditate i still do all my practices i still do all that mm. uh, i haven't given it up or anything like that but yeah that was so profound that yeah i don't yeah if it if it started happening naturally every time you went to sleep, <laughs> it would happen. It would happen to some degree while I'm sleeping, or it will happen while uh, I go into meditation, and sometimes it will just happen while I'm just walking. Yeah, but very short though, so I'm able to still function every day because it will happen and it will just go away. Or sometimes I'll watch. I'll be watching a TV show, and something will just pop up like a bright light or something like that, and I get triggered, and then it comes back. Wow, the super the super mind non duality, not to the no, full no, extent, say, right? I wouldn't say super mind. Just okay. Just this. This is this bright light. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just, uh, this bright light would just emerge and just go. I think that's called vivid. Back. I think that's called vivid luminosity in uh, Buddhist terminology. Well, could be. Yeah. yeah, things of that sort. Yeah, so it's um. Yeah, but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had an experience like that in. Well, I had one yesterday, uh, but not like that. It was more of um, a real deep emotional um, state that I was in. I, actually, actually, that one lasted longer. That probably lasted a good forty-five minutes. Um, wow. This deep state of, um, of of my emotions just being cultivated into this thing. Um, sorry, not yesterday. The day before yesterday. Um, but yeah, so they when they happen, they happen. 
because they always say that don't get attached to those experiences as well. Just whatever happens, let that be okay. Just let it happen. Um, enjoy it in the moment and just keep it moving because if you get attached to it, uh, what happens when, uh, when, they, when it doesn't happen, you think that your meditation is not working, but it's not usually the case. What, would, what is super mind classified as in the yoga terminology? Do you know? In the yoga terminology? Yeah, like so is it Sarvikalpa, Turiyatita? Is there like a specific actual phrase for what you experienced in 2019? Uh, Nervikalpa. Right. Yeah, Nervikalpa. Um, the next one after that uh, is um, Sahaja, Sahaja Samadhi which they say it's the permanent state, which I think it's, you can tap into these states over and over again, or maybe your center of gravity is lower, is, is deeper. It could be that. Uh, and then if you have the experience at, at the moment of actual death, that's called Maha Samadhi. Right, got it. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's, they describe that as merging back into, into the ocean of Parabrahma. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So with um, waking up and, and growing up, this is one thing that you, that you touched on in, in Clubhouse. How did working through these different traumas and maturing psychologically, um, what was the relationship between that and these very deep awakenings and unfoldings that you were having? Well, the, the thing is, they're very two separate things until you reach supermind. So if you reach supermind on the psychological development level, they merge, so the two, two, the two merges. But um, they're really just two different. Uh, they're two different. Um, they're two different um, things. Uh, so you have the growing up with the, the psychological levels of um, of ego development, and then you have uh, the waking up uh, from uh, waking, sleeping, uh, dreamless sleep, teria, teria tita. Um, and Ken Wilber makes it clear that uh, when you have the blowout. Uh, states you always come back uh, he says even if it's uh, last even if it lasts eight months you you, you will you come back uh, mm. you always do uh, but then you have the psychological states and uh, stages so there's stages and there's states so the stages in the psychological development um, they're broken down as um, egocentric um, ethnocentric world centric and cosmocentric so the goal for every for a human being who's trying to move up these levels the goal is to is to uh, to grow up through the ego stage all the way up. <coughs> the the waking stages, which is what, what I just mentioned, um, you can have a waking uh, experience at any at any of the psychological stages. So it uh, um, yeah, you can you can have it at any of those stages. So you can have a tiriatita experience at egocentric. You can have it at uh, ethnocentric, you can have it at world-centric, you can have it at cosmocentric. Uh, if you have a Tiriatita experience at egocentric, you probably come back and say, I am God and no one else. Worship me, because, you know, it's egocentric, and that could be very, um, you know, very damaging. Uh, at the ego, at the ethnocentric stage, you may come back after having experience in Tiriatita and say, um, only me and my people are the chosen ones, and everybody else aren't. So let's kill them off or something like that wow um, yeah that could that could happen uh at the world-centric stage uh you realize that everyone is god or brahman uh everyone and everything is god and brahman well, well 
every every human being, I should say. And then at the cosmocentric level, we realize that um, every human being, everything, every life form, and everything in the entire universe is is Brahman and beyond. So they they encourage that um, that you work on both. Don't just work on the waking up, and don't just work on the the, the growing up. Uh, they, they try to encourage you to do both, so that you you can um, be well developed and well balanced in both sides. So you'll meet people who have the, the biggest blowout they can possibly have, but they're still pricks, they're still assholes, they're still, um, you know, screwing people over and all that type of stuff because they may still be at the ethno, at the egocentric stage, right? They realize that the two, because um, for many years people have been preaching that when you have um, an experience of um, a Kundalini awakening or Tiryatita, that it will change you. Uh, it does happen to some people, but for most right, people right. it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So uh, you still have to go through the, the training of um, trying to grow up so that you can match up to your 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 blowout experience. Um, at the highest level of the psychological development, that's when the two merge, where um, like what you were mentioning earlier about with um, uh, being your normal self, but you've now integrated uh, all that stuff into your everyday life. And at that point, um, yeah, and this has happened to me too, at that point, um, I, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with other people's uh, standpoints. Uh, they're all partially true. My 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 standpoints is partially partially um, partially true. Uh, all that all that stuff just comes as to one. So I can have a discussion with someone uh, who's a Christian and whoever, and the Christian can be totally upset and totally disagree with me, and I'm listening to him in in uh, in, in agreement um, because you see how all this stuff is supposed to be integrated into one. Uh, but prior to getting to um, to the integral uh, levels of development. Uh, when you reach a certain level, you think the level below you is, is the wrong view. Uh, and then you go up the next level and the, the, the level that you're currently at, you think that's now the wrong view and so on and so on. But at, uh, at the highest level at the super mind, you realize that um, they all have a place uh, within this, this big soup of, of what we call uh, reality. So mm. it's, a, it's a very interesting, um, I'm studying it right now. So it's a very interesting, well, way of looking at it because one of the downsides too when you have a blowout awakening uh you're waiting for certain things to change and they don't and you're like why i don't understand this how comes this is not changing uh but at the same time there's other things that have changed some stuff just changed just like that and other things uh like uh, my my perspective on that everyone is right to some degree happened in one of my awakening experiences uh, after that I, I just took on that view uh that everyone is right to some degree and it just stayed there it just stays the permanent so i'm just waiting to see what else happens and, and see how it unfolds so I don't, I don't like to speak too soon because um there's always something new that's happening yeah but i don't feel like i'm searching anymore uh, that's true but i'm still open to the idea of of, of um continue to unfold and uh in the the uh yogic literature so at the stage of sahaja this is when uh the practitioner or or the teacher begins to no longer experience themselves as a person correct identify as a person it depends on how you look at that um i think they still identify themselves as a person but they're just not attached to it mm. yeah, i don't think they're attached to it um I'll, we we like to look for these sensational things that we think is supposed to happen um some of that stuff could be a bit of a letdown <laughs> when you when you you're hoping that certain things will 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 change, but it doesn't. It's not really the case. I don't believe. If you ask me this five years from now, my my opinion may be different on that. 
but it's, sure. it seems like um, um, you still, you're still, you, you, you still, you notice your body, you're in your body, uh, you still care for the body. Some, some don't, depending on, you know, some don't. Uh, but in the integral um, uh, uh, states of development that Ken Wilber presents, uh, they're presenting that uh, you, should, you should try to be balanced in all these areas. You should, be, you should still have the perspective of being an individual, yet you realize that you are everything, you're all individuals. So at that, at that, at that level, they, they, they just work side by side. Um, you don't give up one for the other, they ju you just include. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me at this point. Right. You're just, you're just including, 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 including. You're just integrating, integrating, integrating. Because also in the, in in that model, they have uh, quadrants, uh, the four dimensional quadrants. Uh, there's the we, sorry, there's the the I, the we, the it, and the its. So the I is um, your subjective self, your emotions, uh, that's that sort of thing, your your mental states. That's the I. Uh, the we is the collective. So me, you, Michael, and, and Judy, and everyone who's you know going to be listening to this, uh, that's the we. Um, you have the it, and the it is, um, even though I'm, I have a subjective mind, I have an objective body. And when I look across from me, I see another ob objective body, or uh, I see the computer. All that stuff is the it. And then you have the it, and the it is like, um, uh, the combination of uh, systems like political systems, economical systems, uh, social systems, religious systems, uh, currency, things of that sort. So they're all broken down. So when you're when you, when you at the integral level, you're combining these four uh, uh, dimensions into one, as opposed to uh, um, disregarding one over the other. So you're supposed to uh, include, 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 include. So when you start including these uh, four quadrants, uh, you start to see the bigger picture of how everything is working and how everything is. Um, and in a sense, that is also, when you, when you combine all four quadrants, that is also, in a sense, a non-dual perspective. So, th so this is the final uh, point I want to ask or get your thoughts on before we, we move into um, to the Q&A. So there's... From from my understanding and what what's happened to me, there were there were non-dual states, and then there's the experience of mind in its natural being, uh, mind just naturally and in, in, inherently non-dual, or like mind and experience, there not being a separation between mind and experience, but experience itself, uh, all phenomena and perceptions being mind being being presence. Um. But not that not being a state, but like previous cycles were more like actual states, like the things that you go into and you come out of. But um, this all is mind is there's nothing uh, extraordinary about it. It's just it's like waking up one day and then suddenly like permanently uh, touching this book is touching presence, like opening it is opening presence opening mind but it's not um it's not a blowout like it's not anything that is too overwhelming or or too intense it's just the the demarcation line um, between awareness and and experience or between mind and objects is gone there's no longer an, an external world so from your understanding would would you describe would you describe this as 
just another phase or just another unfolding. And uh, at what point, I mean, I'm not asking, to me, it doesn't matter whether this, whether duality reemerges or Ryan reemerges, I'm okay with, you know, whatever happens. But um, from your studies and from your understanding, what, what is this? What is this all is mind not ending arising? What, what is it? Yeah. It's all that there is. <laughs> well, well, I get that, but I, of course, but I bet if you were to classify it right in your, uh, in the map or the way that, that you've understood things, because it's obviously not uh, the super mind from, from my understanding and from my past experience of it, but it certainly is uh, radically different than, than cycles or things that happened before, because now there's just, there's just not a center. There's no, there's not a reference point uh, w- within anymore. So I'm, I'm asking you from, you know, cause you're, you're familiar with a kind of a set of maps and a set of understandings that I'm not, but have you, have you heard of, of this before? Yes. A lot of it is spoken, is spoken about in um, what, uh, what is it called? Is it Dogen? Am I saying this right? Yeah, probably actually Dogen. Yeah, Dogen. Yeah. Yeah, if I have that correct. Um, so there is there is that uh thing where um the goal is not to have the blowout states per se, because blowout states come and go. Uh it's about being in what you just described as this this thing, um mind. Uh the super mundane is what some people refer to. So it's just oh. super, yeah. So it's super, super mundane. So it's, it's so mundane that it's like Oh, this is it. Yeah. So That's this is it. perfect description, Morgan. Well, super, super mundane. Yeah. This, this so, is what. Yeah. This is. This, this is why I love talking to people who've been doing this like way longer than I have, because you have such a lot. You have a larger um, range of experience. Yeah, I'm 29, so you're much you're much older than me, and you've been meditating probably twice as long as I have. So for me, I still find difficulty actually describing this uh, without like people just tell me what you're saying makes absolutely no sense. Like, could you actually just describe this in a way that, you know, people that are not in it could can understand it? And what you just said, super mundane, that that is exactly how I would describe this. It's like looking at the stars, there's nothing different about the stars, but they're just so um so miraculous and perfected and there's no separation mm-hmm. between between mind and and any object but super mundane that's it that is <laughs> yeah i mean that's like the the quote of the of the month for me yeah so because that always it, stays the same that always stays so you can have all your peaks and you can have all your valleys uh, but there's this uh, super mundane state that just always stays so you always come back to that and uh people around you may think that oh this guy, he just lost the zest of life. It's like, no, not not really. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, just not looking for the for the peaks, because um, everything just becomes this, yeah, whatever you want to call this. Yeah, for me, the I had a similar um, dark night, these these dark night cycles that that went on for about probably three years, 
chasing the I am everything, you know. Oh, okay. Impossible to chase it. Yeah, it's it's like completely, it's the definition of the word grace, right? (laughs) But I spent three years uh, uh, chasing that. And one of the things that, that became really, really apparent uh, and what, and what ended these kinds of like really big ups and downs that, that were happening. It was similar to, to what, to what you described. There would be this big blowout. I am everything uh, where the sense of self is really expanded yeah. and uh, in, in non-dual with, with all phenomena. But then as soon as the, the it felt like an energetic thing, as soon as the energy toned down, all of this personality stuff and, and trauma would really come to the forefront as if that's what needed to be worked through, um, through that whole process. And it finally ended when there was this, it's like awareness really turned on itself. And I just stopped. I just realized that I'm, I'm, I'm chasing my own tail. Like, (laughs) like the presence itself is empty. (laughs) There's nothing, there's nothing to chase. There's nothing to chase. um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there's, there's nothing to chase. Um, Though you may choose to just chase it because it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's 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 a really it's very amusing. So you can just continue doing that. You do it happily. Um, yeah, <laughs> because this is what life is all about. This cycle is this uh, never-ending cycle of of this thing. And uh, once a person becomes aware of that, and it becomes uh, very amusing. Um, at the same time, it's just what it is. What's your advice for people, you know, surveying my, my unfolding and yours, there is a specific point of no return. And I, I'm defining that I'm calling that here, the, I am everything experience, uh, the, I am everything realization. Nothing is ever the same after that. I'm sure both you and I can, can uh, attest true. to that. Yeah. yeah. For people who have not had I am everything and who are not um, abiding in it regularly, like you had cycles of it, how can a person get to that initial gate? I feel that I am and I am everything is really the gate of it's truly the stream. So your question is? How to awaken to that initial. How to awaken to that initial thing? Yeah, that initial opening. It's different for it's different for everyone. Um, like for me, I chose the path of using binaural beats, um, but it's not the only path. Um, there's many different types that people. Uh, you hear these stories as as you've heard of um, all these different ways that people awaken. Uh, there's definitely no one path. I chose that path because I knew that for me, for me to do this every day, uh, it would have it would have to be that because I don't think I could sit there every day doing a traditional meditation uh, for as long as I have. That I, I find it very difficult to do. I, I do do it, but I, I do it whenever I feel like uh, doing it while I'm doing um, energy. Um, but there's so many different ways. I, I've heard, I've heard someone, someone didn't have a practice. This person didn't have a practice, and they were across the street. They realized their, their 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 shoelace was untied, and they bent over the tie of shoelace, and then boom. Well, I'd explain that. <laughs> it's not my experience. <laughs> Right, but apparently this has happened. I've heard another person. They're listening to, um, what's his name? Uh, the non-dual teacher, Tony Parson. Tony Parsons. Yeah, yeah, that's him. She she was listening. She was listening to him on the radio or something, and uh, 
she was cutting, she was cutting up something. I think she was cutting up meat or something like that. And he said something and boom, she, she hit it. Not my experience. <laughs> right. So there's, there's so many different ways of, of, of how this could happen. Um, I did the thing that, that I knew that I could be committed to and, and stuck by it, but not everybody has to do it my way. That, that point that you just made, you did the thing that you were committed to and that you were able to stick to that. That's really the gem. I say, I feel like that's the gem. That's the gem of this entire conversation. Yeah. The thing that you're able to commit to and, and stick with because and stick with it. I think if, if this kind of deep awakening happens under five years, I, I'd consider that person extremely lucky, <laughs> very fortunate. Lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Extremely lucky. Yeah. I'd be like, Whoa, you did that under five years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause because uh, you know, I was talking to a Zen teacher, and he was, just, and he's been practicing Zen his whole life. You know, he's he has a he has a sangha, and he's been teaching Zen for fifty years. And teachers, as you know, when we're in the back of the of the meditation hall, we talk differently than you know the way we might with the students. Yeah. And he was just very candid. He's like, yeah, I mean, I had like a satori when I was like twenty four, and that was it. I mean, that that's like that's all that happened. And I was like, so nothing since then, like no abiding one mind, no mind. He's like, Nope, nothing. <laughs> nothing eh? Wow. Yeah. It's, um, um, Oh, you know what? I missed out a, a, a big chunk of what happened on uh, 2019, a huge chunk. Um, oh, share it, please. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot this. This is very, very significant. How did I forget this? Um, in September of 2019, uh, a, a guru uh, avatar came to to my city uh, to do darshan, and so I went. I went to 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 see what this darshan thing was all about. So I went to see him. He, he looked into my eyes for like twenty seconds, put his hand on my head, looked into my eyes, and sent me on my way. And then December that happened. I totally forgot. I don't know why I didn't even mention that. <laughs> yeah, so glad you remembered Vishwan that. Paramahamsa Vishwananda is his name. Paramahamsa. Paramahamsa Vishwananda. Yeah. Okay. And I and I, I've been seeing him ever since. Um, uh, of course, since the pandemic, uh, he's been doing sessions online. So I may have done darshan with him at least ten times now at this point. But the first time, I, I, it was in person. And then in, in the December, that took place. I feel that there was something that was significant about that presence that uh, really did a number on me on my nerve, my nervous system, my brain and nervous system. So I think that was the the final thing. Uh, because it's the only time, um, it's the only time after having an experience like that where I haven't tried to seek it again. Incredible. So it, it actually, certain things, certain structures within you died after that experience. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you can say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like the sexual desire, for example. Yeah. Yeah. That may come back though. Five years from now, you may see me like, you know, I'm like a rabbit. Uh, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but right now, that's the case. <laughs> I don't like speaking so uh, too soon, and everything changes. Yeah, because you can either go really hypersexual, or you can go the opposite, right? So it's like I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, but after I saw him uh, back in uh, 2019, September of 2019, yeah, uh, a few months later, boom. I don't know how I forgot that that piece. <laughs> I always tell it, but <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, so point. The, point, the, point, the point I was trying to make, he had his Samadhi experience at age six. Whoa. Yeah. 
I can't even imagine that happening at age six. I mean, how, how could you grow up? That's yeah, wild. Age six, he had the, he had the Samadhi experience, and around age fifteen, I think, he became a guru. Right. I didn't get. I didn't start this thing until I was like what 31? 30, 31? <laughs> this guy is like yeah, six years old. It's different for 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 everyone. All right. And who knows how long he's been working on that through past uh, reincarnations. So maybe that has a lot to do with it too. If you know reincarnation is true. That's a great point. I heard that from a a teacher named Mark Griffin. He's he's passed. He passed away many years ago, but he was a student of um, Swami Muktananda, and he said. You can have a teacher who has been in Nervi Kalpa for 20 lifetimes, right? He's, he's abided in that for 20 lifetimes. And you can meet someone who's been in Nervi Kalpa for 10,000 lifetimes. Wow. <laughs> and they're quite, they're quite different, the experience of, of, of a, they're both awakened, right? They're both in Nervi Kalpa, but one is more, he would, he would say, saturated with the Nervi Kalpa. Mm. Interesting, so, interesting. Yeah. Well, this, this has been fantastic so far. Uh, let's go into the Q and A. Okay. I ha- I ha- I'll have a question, but you know, Michael, anyone listening, if there are any questions, please put them in the chat, and I'll I'll read them to Morgan. Yeah. And I apologize. I'm a little more lively than this, but yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been lively, dude. Oh, good. Oh, this good. has been great. As long as it's, uh, as long as it's yeah. good for you. This is Michael here, right? Oh, he's yeah. still on mute. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're gonna be on mute. Okay. Yeah. The the silence just bask in the bask in the silence. All the questions <laughs> come in. Well, one question while this is while this is getting typed um mm-hmm. what's the difference between the brainwave technology that you've created compared to hollow sync and for example hemisync if you're familiar with that i know hemisync uh well with hollow sync their whole thing is the lowering of the carrier frequencies because the lower of the carrier how do i explain this okay so a beat frequency is um if you play a tone of uh, 100 hertz in one ear and a, another tone of 110 the center of your brain creates a, a, an artificial tone of uh, 10 hertz, all right? So it, it just makes a difference of the two hertz that's playing. Uh, but to lower the carrier frequency, which makes it stronger, uh, it raises the amplitude. Uh, if I did uh, 100 hertz versus 90, so 100 in one ear, but 90 in the other, the carrier frequency is now lower. So the, the lower of the two becomes the carrier for the other um, frequency interesting wow yeah and uh and the, the lower of the two that frequency merges with the lower one and so it, uh if this if this one's doing this and the and the lower one's doing this when this is combined when it's this is when this higher tone is played with the lower tone they both become this uh so that um that makes the the meditation stronger uh hemisync uh they don't do that uh, they have different problems. They're, they're, with uh, Hemisync, their whole thing is uh, the, the whole journey piece. So to take, they take you and try to get you to journey off into the other dimensions. 
Um, but they also have other programs too, where it's about you know regular med, um, doing a you know a regular meditation practice and things of that sort. But their main thing is taking people on that journey. And then with uh, energy, energy um, does carry carry the has the lower carrier frequencies, just like Holosync. But energy uses the 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 the, the algorithm of one two four seven five. So say for example, um, one is the same as ten, is the same as a hundred, and so on. Because when you take those numbers and you crunch it down to a single digit number, it is, it's always one. So if I'm making a binaural beat of, of um, I don't know, 100 hertz, um, that would be one. And if I have another beat of 100 and uh, um, 100.2 and hertz, that's two. If I do another of 100 point, sorry, that's wrong. 101 is two, um, 1.3, is three, sorry, one point, yeah, 1.3 is four, and so on and so on and so on. So you gotta, you gotta create um, your algorithms to fit whatever uh, tones that you're using. And you have to do the opposite in the other ear. Uh, I'd have to like show it to you on paper, <laughs> but it's based on this map called the map of enlightenment. Um, one day I'll, I'll send you uh, uh, that map and then you, you can play with it. It's all based on the number nine. Oh so, yeah. Please send it. Nine, um, two plus seven gives you nine, three plus six gives you nine, four plus five gives you nine, and so on. Uh, so you gotta use the tones in a certain way so that um, you're always producing the number nine. And if you can produce the number nine, that can help you tap into um, the all self, the no self, all that stuff over time. If you can bring the brain down to creating the, the, perfect, um, the perfect sound, that's mm. allowing your brain, your nervous system to resonate with that sound. Wow, fantastic. So I got, I got the two questions. Okay, go ahead. So this is from Michael. I've read autobiographies of yogis and they talk about the large number of past lives that have prepared them for deep meditation work and to be a guru. Do you know anything about your past lives? And interesting how you became a comedian and after running out of material, got the cosmic joke. <laughs> that is so that is so funny um yeah 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 that the ultimate the ultimate comedian yeah the comedian and the audience uh merged together and became the cosmic joke that is so funny yeah hit it right on the nose <laughs> um but yeah uh the question um yeah i'm aware of some of them um some of them i can still remember uh I don't know. I don't know if I can really get into it because some of the stuff is, yeah, but sure. I, I'm aware, I'm aware of some, some of them uh, that I can still remember right now. Um, being a, being a woman, being a, 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 a South Asian uh, um, prince. Um, I can even remember, I can remember um, being certain types of uh, creatures. Um, and I also can remember the, um, my own conception. Fascinating. Yeah. And uh, did these particular memories come, come about through meditation or was it other, other work that, that had them well, the manifest? Yeah. Yeah. The other work in, in combination, not on the meditation on its own. Right. Yeah. And two questions from Judy. What's your recommended process? Um, 
using binaural beats and, and meditation, like what is, what is your specific um, process? Is it something that you teach to, to others and, and your students? Um, well, I'm always home making these beats, making all these different versions. And uh, the people who I work with, um, depending on what they're going through, I, I put them on the program. So they just go on the program and they, uh, they try to, um, there's, there's 13 levels to the program. Uh, it's not on the market. It's just something that I put together and I've been using it ever since. Uh, we're in the process now of putting it on the market. We formed uh, an institution with my uh, business partner called uh, Kmore Institute. And so right now that's in the works. So Unigy is gonna be a part of that process. But right now, all I do is um, when, I'm, when I'm teaching, I, I recommend uh, Unigy. They, uh, they use Unigy, the first level of Unigy for the first six months. And after they complete the first six months, they move on to the second level and so on and so on and so on. Mm. And that you do this every day, uh, if you can, for, for six months before moving to the next level. And would you say this is superior to Holosync or it just has a different effect? Um, I don't want to be biased. <laughs> right, got you. So I'll, I'll just say I'll just say that it's different. It's different because I'm now with mine. I'm combining I'm combining it with the, the math of uh, Marco Roden, um, which if you learn the, the how that math works, it's absolutely mind blowing how this math works. So the difference is with mine. I combine that with mine, um, but I don't want to go around and saying mine is more superior to to Holosync, um, because Holosync was the gateway. Holosync uh, did so much for me. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it did so much for me. But I'll, I'll say they're different. They're different. Um, I like to believe that, of course, that um, tapping into the um, the algorithms of one two four seven five is uh, is very significant in regards to creating the pe the perfect brainwave to get your brain and your nervous system to resonate and eventually uh, uh, take on a, a permanent um, uh, take on the, not the per not the state, but to so that you're able to produce these states on on a, on a regular at some level um, by using um, energy by using the math in that. And what do you recommend for people that have been meditating for a few years and would like to advance their practice? Here, I'm going to be biased. <laughs> neurofeedback is um, neurofeedback is amazing. If you if you have a practice already and you want to advance your your meditation practice, whether you're using Holosync, energy, uh, traditional meditation, whatever. You can you can uh, advance your your practice by doing some neurofeedback training. Yeah, it's costly, but um, I, re I highly recommend it. What what was your experience with neurofeedback? Um, it's not it's not that it, there was an experience. Um, well, yeah, there there was. Uh, after when I was doing um, uh, the neurofeedback training, I was able to tap into those states a little more. Uh, so you can feel it. You can feel yourself just like slowly moving into these states and moving out of it where before that was a little difficult to do. Uh, so, and it also helps with a lot of things too. It helps with mood and, and things of that sort. So, yeah. Um, it's not like you, you're going to, you're going to do neurofeedback. You're going to have these mind blowing experiences. It's not like that, but it helps smooth out the stuff. It helps, uh, get rid of the, just the disruption in your brain waves. So you have these brain waves and there's sometimes there's a disruption. Neurofeedback can help you get rid of those disruptions so you can have a smooth brainwave, a smoother brainwave. There's always something happening in your body that's causing disruptions. So it's not like you can get rid of it altogether, but it helps smooth it out more so that you can have, uh, you can um, access uh, meditative states better. Is there a particular neurofeedback modality or device that you recommend? 
I do, but what's the name? I don't know why I can't remember the name of the of the of this um of this model. That's okay. But I there's another one. There's another one called Sensei. Uh, right now, they're um they're they they made they they put together this neurofeedback that you can do at home uh, that has um, infrared uh, brainwave training, um, heart variability training, and uh, neurofeedback training all in one. So this is like this advanced headphone that they make, and then you uh, um, you connect it to an app, uh, to their EEG apps, and then you you can um, exercise your your brain for 20 minutes a day, three times a week, and you can um, enhance your meditation practices through that. Is that available yet? It um, it's not available yet, but they're taking pre-orders. They're taking pre-orders, so they're they're sending out the orders in May of next year. Wow, that's soon. Yeah. I ordered one myself, so I'm just waiting for that to come in. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that's, those are all the questions, unless anyone has uh, any more comments. Uh, man, this is a really uh, uh, illuminating conversation, Morgan. Thank you so much. Um, oh where, can, where, where can people find you, especially if they're interested in uh, energy and the brainwave technology you've put together? <laughs> Where can people find me? I, I don't have a website. I don't have any of those things. <laughs> um, uh, I have a I have a YouTube channel. Um, I couldn't even tell you what it is, but I I I, I update uh, new information on there every every twice a week. Uh, if you put in Morgan O. Smith slash Energy, you'll find it. You'll see it. Uh, you can find me there. You can find me on on Instagram. I have a lot of content there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. And uh, you can find me on on um, Tumblr. Yeah, but all the other stuff. Yeah, I just you know when you when you have a blowout, you kind of lose your motivation for a lot of. Stuff. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just like, well, these are things I need to get done, and I just like I just don't care <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's that's. <laughs> That's absolutely, yeah, that's so, so accurate. Do you have any, any final comments or any final advice you, you want to share with the audience? Um, for whatever reason why I decided to do what I did, um, it has been the greatest journey, even though I, I, I spoke about a lot of the, the negative things that happens in there, but I would do it again in a second. So even if I have to go through all those kidney pains and everything to get to experience what I experienced, I'd do it all over again. Uh, seeking the path has been the most miraculous experience of my life. And uh, that's why I can't stop talking about it. I'm usually a lot, again, I'm a lot more lively, but um, yeah, my head's just, uh, I just feel that, yeah, that, that sensation of, um, uh, of uh, feeling a little lightheaded, but um, it has been the most uh, mind blowing experience of my life. Um, I wouldn't take anything back. And if I have to come back and do it all over again, I would. Thank you for coming on to After Awakening, Morgan. <laughs> My pleasure.